Well, the greatest show on earth is underway. That is right. It's episode 46 of They Think It's All Over. Welcome back, everybody, to They Think It's All Over, the Football Shirt Show. There's nothing else going on at the moment, so I'm sure you've got plenty of time to listen to us. Who's joining us today? It's Mike at Footy Shirts. It's Tom at Shirt Fan. And Scott at Flying Scotty. And as usual, it's Adrian here at Football Shirt Italia. So, guys, is anybody feeling a bit more football fever now? We've we've had kickoff. We first the game has gone down, and we've got England playing later today. Do you know what it was for me that that got me excited finally? It had nothing to do with kit releases. It had nothing to do really with this World Cup, but it was watching the Ronaldo Phenomenon documentary last week. It was absolutely brilliant. I've watched it twice. Wow. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, really, really good, wasn't it? I, I love how, in fact, it just focused on that breaking through. That is, It was a whole period from 1994 through to 2002, wasn't it? And it was just, it was just fantastic. Three World Cups, yeah. I mean, I think... I was I was a, a kid at the time, like ninety eight, going into two thousand and two, and I was obsessed with Ronaldo. But seeing like kind of what he went through and that that recovery, that's a proper World Cup story. I'm, I mean, I'm not sure we're going to get anything quite as romantic as that because he seems like a really nice bloke as well. But I'm still, it's got me in the mood finally, which nothing else has so far. I paused it, showed the misses as well. I was like, you know, it's not that she was really watching it, but the point I wanted to make was I've let myself go since COVID, but. Look, look at him in 1998 and look at him now. <laughs> uh, it, was bit, it was quite reassuring in a way. I, uh, I, have, I haven't taken the time to watch it yet, but obviously it's, it's, proper, it's literally what everybody's talking about. So I am going to have to take the time to, uh, to try and watch it. But I've got to admit, I, now, now it's here, I am a little bit more into the World Cup. I'm trying to tell you what did it for me. It's, it, for me, it was kits. Um, somebody shared uh, a thing on Twitter. Um, I wrote the website down. It's a Dutch website, and it's—I I mean, I don't know how it's pronounced in English, but it's just moist shirt in in English. Um, <laughs> spelled, <laughs> it's nothing funny. All right. So basically, it's m o o i s t e s h i r t dot a d dot n l. Now, genuinely, this website is amazing it's essentially a website where some some dutch people have archived every single kit that has ever been used at a world cup and they've even split it into countries and it's all in dutch but just click on a country and they, they've put a graphic on there for every shirt ever used at a world cup my antivirus has gone haywire since you sent that link through mike <laughs> did you make only wore the home shirt in 98 didn't wear the away shirt yeah that's right yeah yeah, yeah. so i like this I could have swore I had a vague memory of that that green shirt being being worn at the World Cup to the point where when I flicked through there, I thought I caught them out. So I, I went back online and I Googled all three games and sure as shit, they only wore the home shirt three times. You know what got me excited for the World Cup was the Nike advert coming out. Every, I've seen a few people comparing it to the older ones, but we, we tend to do that the whole time. I think they've, they've gone back to the roots of good adverts and I think they've done a really good job. And they had three original Ronaldos in there, which was great. Was it three, was it? Yeah, it was class. Did you see De Bruyne in the template shirt as well? Yeah, that was a to- that was a token entry. They should have just left them out. Nobody would have cared. I was going to say, why was he in it? Is he a Nike athlete or something like that? It's got to be a Nike boot wearer, hasn't he? Has Must to be, be. be in there. It was entertaining, and you know they include. I like that they included women, the female players as well. But it was also very humorous. Like there was a few 
There was a few good jokes like Ronaldo, 98 Ronaldo slagging off 2002 Ronaldo's haircut and things like that. Yeah, it was a highly entertaining two and a half minutes. Very conveniently forgetting to mention the Manchester Ronaldo today, Scott. Yeah, well, he was in there too. There were two of him too, but I think he's slowly ruining his own reputation, unfortunately. I don't think I don't think it's anybody else's fault. Age is catching up with him and he's not wanting to admit it. Well, we've all been there. We've all been there. Listen, I've got an idea how we can make ourselves look more stupid than normal. Uh, say we. I'm going to ask the questions here, so it's definitely going to be you. It's Monday the 21st, this goes out. There's three games being played today. England be around Senegal against the Netherlands, United States against Wales. I want score predictions from all of you for these games. And I'm going to go, Scott, Mike, Tom. First game, England be around. What's the score going to be this afternoon, Scott? 1-0 England. Mike? 3-0 England. Tom? 2-0 England. Next up, we've got Senegal against the Netherlands. 2-1 Netherlands. 1-0. 2-1 Netherlands. And last but not least, we've got the United States against Wales. Or Simru, as we'll see them soon. 1-1. 2-0 to Wales. 1-0 Wales. That'd be good to see Wales do well there. Well, we can laugh at each other. Um, or I can laugh at you three as uh, as... as Time will uh, dictate how wrong we've been, but sensible guesses there. I hope you don't see that all the time. <laughs> are there any games this week? Have you looked at the fixture list? Which games are you looking forward to most between now and next Monday? Well, I, I fancy Brazil, so I really want to see Brazil. I think the it the first game will really dictate how their tournament's going to go. I think. To be honest with you, there's a, there's a few decent games to 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 look at this week. I mean, even like I touched on last week, even like kit clashes as well. Like uh, we have got Mexico Poland, so that I think that'd be a good one. I'm being a Villa fan, I want to see Matty Cash getting some some pitch time as well. That'd be good. Um, but yeah, I I think that, that there's there's a lot of good games coming. I think that France are playing. That'd be a good one to watch. See if my my tip of them is going to be any good or not. Seeing as about eight players seem to have dropped since I I claimed that one. But yeah, what what I do love, it, I do love the the like I was saying before, the weird fixtures that you get kicking up to be honest with you like like spain costa rica like obviously it looks like a banker for for spain but weirder things have happened at world cups when they struggle against teams like that so and and canada as well i'm i don't i think everybody's got a little bit of a bit of affection for canada this year and want to see them do well so be interested to see how they get on as well I actually think the, the first round of fixtures look a bit uninspiring i'm looking through now and I, I'm, I'm not really looking forward to seeing any of them you always want to see the best players, though, don't you? So it'd be good to see Mbappe at a World Cup again, France, and Messi for Argentina, too. Yeah, we all love it when it gets messy. Speaking of Messi as well, I had a great story at work this week. Um, we're very lucky we got to speak to Matty Cash about his World Cup tournament. Mike, as you said, he's going to be turning out for Poland. And we, he was asked by one of the presenters if he's looking forward to getting anyone's shirt at this World Cup, because he does like to swap after games. And he said the man he really wants, obviously, is that man Messi. So he's already tapped up his Villa teammate, Emmy Martinez, who, of course, is Messi's teammate for Argentina. And he's asked him if he can get Lionel's shirt after a game. And Emmy Martinez has apparently turned around to, to Matty Cash and said that Messi has a 100 match-issued shirts per game, which he gives out to people. He gets that many requests. He has that many issued prepared shirts so he can swap with players, friends, family after games. And that is from Matty Cash himself. So that is insane. That That is not only insane, it is it's worrying for anybody who wants to buy. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. 
you may as well just buy a player spec Argentina shirt off the Adidas website with a messy name set on because it is just as it it, it, it just becomes so pointless and valueless. I, I I hope that that is total bullshit just for the sake of of this this little hobby we have of shirt collecting because it just means that. I don't know. I just, I just, I can't get my head around it. I really can't. I've always been skeptical of issued shirts as well, and that that just heightens my my fear of what is in the market and what people are being sold. Because I mean, it, uh, Tom, I, I've not heard the interview. Did, does he mention anything? Does Messi even touch any of the hundred? Does he personally hand them over, or is it just at a game they get passed to somebody by his handler or his helper or? I imagine it's the latter. All, all he said is he's, he's asked Emmy Martinez for a Messi shirt, and Martinez has told Matty Cash that Messi has a hundred per game. So, and I think he said that implying that he might still struggle to get one. It's just crazy, isn't it? I mean, is it like you said, Mike? Is it? Can you even class that as being issued to him if a he doesn't touch it? It might not even get to the stadium of the game that he played in. It really muddies water between um, player spec and issued, doesn't it? Because yeah. for me, unless it's been hung up in the changing room alongside the shirts he wears, that's that's issue, that's, that's hung up there. The rest are just, I don't know, prepared maybe, if you want to try and use some flowery language to make the shirt worth a little bit more than it yeah, frankly is, I don't know. So going back on track, Scott, which game are you looking forward to? I think the most beautiful game of the week will be Germany-Japan. It's going to be, it doesn't matter which kits they wear, that's going to be a great game. Yeah, we don't think all the games will matter, but we still watched Ecuador v Qatar. Apart from England, well, first, my, so my first question to the three of you, do you genuinely believe they're going to win it or not? No. 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 So the next question is, do you all want the fairy tale Messi winning the World Cup or not? No. Yeah, if it was in England, Messi, yeah. But obviously I'd rather England. I'm a, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit weird with this, right? Because I, I, I've got no sort of like love for... Messi, Ronaldo, I honestly don't care if Messi wins a World Cup or not. In fact, I go as far as saying I don't want him to because I've got no love for Argentina. I'm just I'm just not bothered by it. Watch I that would... Messi documentary on BBC, honestly. You might change your mind. It is quite nice. I guarantee you I won't because I am absolutely heartless. Because <laughs> of the I just... <laughs> No, no, I, I just if if I if I was gonna pick a like a dream World Cup winner, I'd be picking Ghana to win it. I, I want to see something truly magical. He wants Senegal because of Mane. Yeah. Okay. For for, for Messi himself, it would be lovely. But I just I I I struggle with this idea that that players have like some sort of divine right to a trophy because of their career. Like for me, I mean, I'm I'm an unusual one in that I'm not a fan of of Maradona either. I, I was never particularly, you know, uh, sort of like uh, hypnotised by him. Yeah, it was great football. I'm never going to be one of those people that goes, Maradona wasn't all that good. Of course he fucking was. He was brilliant. But I don't have any love for him. And for me, a World Cup is about surprises and underdogs. And I would do anything to see a new World Cup winner and just, just someone we weren't expecting. Would you like to see Wales win the World Cup? Is that going too I, far? No, I, I, again, I'm probably unusual in this, in that I hate the rivalries between home nations. I understand that generally the English are disliked by the Welsh, Scott and Irish for a reason, because 
50% of them are twats. But personally, I love having the other home nations at tournaments. I love playing against them. A majority of the time we beat them. So that probably helps the case. That's but, why you don't mind them. <laughs> yeah, but no, but uh, honestly, uh, when when Wales had that run to the semis and the Euros, I thought it was brilliant. I enjoyed it. I, I'm probably just, as I say, I, maybe I haven't got the same mentality as others, that weird tribal mentality. But I I would like, I'd like to, if Wales won the World Cup, I wouldn't be celebrating like a Welshman, but I'd think it was brilliant. I'd rather they did than Argentina, put it that way. <laughs> I think it will be hilarious if Brazil won the World Cup because Fred will for the rest of his life be announced as the World Cup winning midfielder from Brazil. And I don't think the world will be able to handle it. (laughs) (laughs) So coming up for you today, we have got an awesome feature about a brand new book that's come out, Three Lines on a Shirt. We were joined by the man that put it together, editor Jim Druitt. Welcome to today's feature, and we have a very, very special World Cup feature for you today. And I'm sure everyone is excited as England are about to kick off tonight against Iran in their first game. And we have a guest that's going to really whet your appetite because we have here with us Jim Druitt, who is the editor of a brand new book, Free Lions on a Shirt, which is the history of the England jersey. Hello, Jim. Hello, Tom. Nice to meet you and thanks for having me. No, not a problem at all. When I saw the Twitter account for your book, I was so excited when I saw the kind of pro- the first promo shots. And then the more and more information I saw started to come out, I was like, this looks incredible and we really have to speak to you. So thanks for coming on. We really You've kept it. you waiting uh, quite a long time. So uh, I hope it was worth it. Oh, definitely. We'll, we'll get onto that a little bit later. But first, I thought maybe you could just start by telling us about this book and how it all came about. Sure. Well, um, the first thing to say is, you know, it's the book is really the brainchild of Simon Shakeshaft, who is uh, really the match worn shirts guru. Um, you know, he we've done Arsenal and Spurs books with him already. He's he's a world's leading expert expert on match worn shirts. And England, you know, we, we've talked about various projects in England is is the one that, you know, is always the holy grail. You know, can we can we really tell the story of the England shirts? And, you know, when, when we do these books, we we don't want to do it by halves. You know, we really want to be the definitive history. So it's it's his project. Much of the knowledge and the detail that's in the book, most, I should say, it is from him. Unfortunately, he's not been in the best of health so he, it, I'm representing him here. Um, he gathers together. He gathered together Darren Burney and Neville Evans, who are two of the um, the biggest collectors of England match worn shirts. Um, you know their collections are incredible. Um, he got them all the three of us together. We sat down probably five years ago, looked at what shirts they had, what shirts we should include in the book, how we were going to do it. And, uh, you know, that was the beginning. Um, probably the what what the book essentially is, is I think we photograph with the idea is that we beautifully photograph the shirt. So, you, you know, you see it in such high quality that it's almost like you're 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 there. You can touch and feel the shirt. You know, they're photographed in studio conditions. So you really they really come to life. Um, we photographed more than 300 
England shirts, nearly all of them match worn. Most of them, uh, you know, most of the great England players, you know, you've got a shirt from, you've got shirts from Stanley Matthews, Tommy Lawton, Tom Finney, going through sort of Bobby Moore, Jimmy Greaves. We've got Jeff Hurst's shirt from the World Cup final, Kevin Keegan, you know, all the way through to Beckham, Sterling. Uh, we've got match-worn shirts from the Euro 20, um, 2020 final. Um, we've got Beckham's shirt from the, when which he um, was wearing when he scored the free kick against Greece. Yeah. So the idea is that through these match-worn shirts, it's you're look you're you're sort of touching history. It's a it's a it's a a window onto England's football history. A, a different perspective on on telling the stories. You kindly sent me a copy of the book, which we will be giving away in conjunction with yourselves. And it is absolutely amazing. It's one of the, I mean, it's huge for a start. It's a, it's a vast home. It's, 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 it's beautiful. It really is a, a something to behold. And, and like you said, the photography is amazing. And lots of people, kit collectors like myself and that listen to the pods, like we love those details, the intricacies that often is so hard to, to see or notice or to study up close unless you have these shirts in hand. So it really is, it's just, it's beautifully presented and it, it's such a useful kind of guide for people that are into that, that kind of subjects. But I have to ask, where did you get all the shirts from? I mean, were they in Simon Darren's collections or were they in um, other areas? 80% of the, the shirts um, are owned, uh, belong to Darren and Neville. Uh, and I believe Simon Simon has a few, but it's primarily Darren and Neville. You know, they, their collections are astonishing. I think, um, you know, Darren has, I think he was saying, over a thousand England shirts, I believe. Um, and so, I mean, and then, you know, there were other there were other sort of Holy Grail shirts, for instance. Um, I'm trying to think. I think um, some of the some of the really rare air tech shirts we found other collectors who had some of the mexico 1970 shirts um and so through their contacts within the collecting world we sort of pieced together the the timeline of the england shirt but what simon wanted to do was you know i i said to Simon, right okay 82 world cup we need you know a red shirt a red admiral shirt and a white admiral shirt he said oh no in fact England wore a different variation of that Admiral shirt in every game. So he had to have, you know, five shirts to tell the, the proper kit story of the yeah. World Cup. But I mean, I, I think that detail, you're right, it really does appeal to the shirt collectors. But I think also it's it goes beyond that because it's it's really through the shirts you're telling the history of the whole, you know, the England story. Um but uh, yeah, the details incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And each each it's not just a, a you know a photographic book either. Each shirt has a a, a huge write up explaining the the differences, like you said, the variations and the history matches worn and the context. And I mean, you can really tell it is a labour of love. You said five years it took to piece all of this together. But what was the most difficult part? Or what was the hardest shirt to track down? Do you know? We didn't really, it wasn't really hard to track down any shirts. You know, most of the 
most of the key shirts belong to either Darren or Neville or people they know. I mean, unlike, you know, we've done club club books, we've done Arsenal and Spurs, and there are very few early shirts in existence for the for club football. I mean, for obvious reasons, the, the shirts were used again and again and again. They were passed down to the reserves. Most of them ended up being cut up to as rags to clean the dressing rooms. Oh. With England, players have generally been given their shirts. Um, let there was, a, there was a period after the war during austerity where that didn't happen, but that means that loads, or not loads, but enough to, to tell the whole story of the really early shirts have survived. So, I mean, amazingly, there is um, a shirt has survived from the very first international, not just the very first England international, but the very first international football match, England v Scotland in 1872. Um, Arnold Kirk Smith, who played for England, the only game he ever played for England, which is how we know it's from that game. His shirt survived, was in his family, was in a chest in his family home for years and um, it's now in the National Football Museum. So to be able to start the book with, with the very beginning of the stories is unique in in any of these kind of, you know, I know these projects have been done before, but, you know, this that's the starting point to the completest nature of, of this one. As you kind of relayed that story, I, I felt my goosebumps on my arms because it is... It's just amazing, isn't it? And like like we were saying, to be able to see that shirt for someone like myself and see it up close and all the details and all the minutiae that you can see through the book, it's just, it's incredible. And it's like that for every single shirt along the, the timeline too. Um, also worth mentioning, the foreword of this book has been written by someone very special, and that is Gareth Southgate, the current England manager. How how did you get him on board and, and what did that mean for you? Um, well, very early on in, in the project, you know, we 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 engaged with the FA and said, look, if we're going to do this, you know, let's, let's make it a really official and authorized um, official history. And they've been amazing. They've been really supportive. They've, um, they've helped us with access to the, to Nike. We've done a lot of stuff with Nike about the design of the modern shirt. They've been amazing. Um, They, they gave us exclusive access to prototypes of the new kits um, before they were, um, they were public so as and as part of that we sort of thought well we we may as well ask you know if do you think Gareth would would do a forward for the book and you know quite often quite often with these things you'll you'll go to a club or an organization they'll say oh yeah well you, you write something we'll put his name to it this you know, was quite the opposite with Gareth you know through the through the FA communications team they spoke to him he said yeah he wanted to write it himself um he he talks about um the 19 you know his he talks about what it meant to him when he first got to pull on the three lion shirt he talks about being a child and being given the 82 admiral world cup kit you know just before the world cup and you know saying that it was the you know he spent you know weeks and it was the, the only thing he, he ever wore so it's a real uh, proper heartfelt forward so you know i think it it's shows shows you know what being manager of england does really mean to him yeah it's fantastic to hear people like himself who are in these you know kind of 
positions where we all look up to to see that they have the same reverence as the rest of us for the shirts it's, it's always great to hear but like you said you also have some great interviews with some people from Nike in the book so you have uh, Matt Shooton who's the product line manager there and Lee Murphy too who's the design director I mean it's great again to hear that kind of insight that goes into the design process and especially with England set to debut the current English shirt at the World Cup later this week. Yeah, they, I mean, they were they were brilliant, and um, you know, they they have a really hard job. You know, they have to they have to reinvent a white shirt every two years. Um, it's got to appeal to the whole country. You know, they're they're there to be shot down. So, I, you know, I think, and they they really they really do convey. I think in in the interview in the book that that you know they're they're both England supporters they've grown up with England they know the history they know the traditions and they've got they are fully aware of the responsibility they have and I think you know um obviously when a new shirt comes out it seems to be a sort of traditional thing to for people to say oh this is you know a terrible shirt but you know that when when the admiral shirt in 82 that we've referred to a lot you know when that was first um uh, worn it was absolutely panned Brian Clough said it looked like one of my wife's old pennies and um, you know, people, people actually slated it. But now you look on the, in the stands at Wembley in the, in the Euro final half, you know, half the crowd are wearing the Admiral shirts, you know, it's a, so I think, um, I think they do, you know, a really good job in difficult circumstances. And I guess ultimately shirts are remembered for the players and the teams and the matches that they're worn in. So, you know, we have a great World Cup. The shirt is going to be remembered for that. Exactly. I mean, like like we were saying, you have some great access as well as the shirts to people like that. And you also speak to the England kit man, Pat Frost, too. Yeah. Um, what's he like and, and how much did you get from him in terms of how much his job means to him and what he does? So, again, I had a, I did an interview with Pat and um, it, they're co-kit men. So it's Pat Frost and Neil Jones uh, and um, they they were brilliant. Um, I met them at St George's Park. They told me about the how the whole operation works. Um, you know, they're so the whole operation is so meticulous. The detail that they that they put into the job and the the whole you know they're they're down to earth, fun guys, and they're they're clearly very much part of the the squad. I think they were brought in by Gareth Southgate at the beginning of his his tenure. Um, and you can see why, you know, they're more than people who sort out the kit. They're part of the, they're part of the squad. They're, you know, they're important, important part of that, that team. Um, so they take, they're taking five tons of kit to Qatar. Wow. wow. Um, and they, to the, to give you an illustration of how meticulous they are. So obviously the, they know the first three, group games so we're we're playing in white in the first three games but they obviously take every combination of kit that they might need for any potential knockout matches and they have worked out every potential opponent and the date that that match would happen and they've made up the match details for every potential match including the final so that they are ready to you know, apply it to the to the kit, depending on which games we actually get. 
And let's hope they are, they are all used all the way through to the yeah. final as well. Yeah, it would be nice. <laughs> um, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, so don't panic too much. But I wanted to ask you, what do you think makes a great England shirt? Oh, I think that's, that's such a hard question. Um, I think if I look back at the shirts that I love the most, they are not necessarily because of the design they're because of what they represent i mean i think 1990 you know was such a for me was such a pivotal world cup so those shirts um i think i think the um i, I think i don't think i think when they get too complicated that's when you know that you you think of an england shirt as a you know, as a classic white shirt so so that would be, you know, my starting point. I mean, I loved the tailored by Umbro kits that they did 2008 or nine, I think it was, um, you know, they were just so sort of pure and, and stylish, but ultimately I think, um, you know, you can't take away the bigger picture, which is what happens when that, that shirt's being, being worn. If we lose tonight, then, you know, that shirt's going to be represent, you know, all that pain that, if we have an amazing win and an amazing World Cup, it'll be one of the greatest England shirts ever. It's just how it works. Yeah, I completely agree. There's always so much emotion attached to these pieces of polyester and these clothing that, that are worn in these tournaments. And then the second question, I've got a follow-up for you, which might even be harder to answer, but predictions for the tournament, how do you feel England are going to get on? Um. I don't know. It's such a it's such a strange World Cup, isn't it? It it um it feels so different to past World Cups. I think I think we have a chance, but I I I don't know. I mean, I think Brazil look very strong. I think um, I think if we have a weak point, it's our defence. But you, but you never know. I mean, it's it's hard to know really what the conditions are going to be like. Um, the squad seems to be in a in a in a good place already. The atmosphere seems to be good. You get the feeling that Gareth does that kind of squad thing, and and the the relationship with the media seems to be good. I don't know. I I, I really can't say. I, I I'd be surprised if we won it. But I you know if. I'll obviously be cheering like everyone else. And, and if, if if we go really far, it'll just be another great journey. Absolutely. I mean, here's hoping that your book can end with the second World Cup win in England shirt. I mean, how much of a fitting conclusion would that be? Well, it would mean we'd need to do a new edition very <laughs> quickly. And uh, Darren and Neville would have to find a way to get the match-worn shirts from the final. But uh, I have every faith in them in doing that. And yeah, absolutely, that would, that would be fantastic. Brilliant. So just want to say to anyone listening, you have to really check out this book. It's, it's unbelievable and it's a must-have for any shirt collector England fan out there. It, it really is. Um, you can follow uh, the book's account on Twitter, which is at Free Lion Shirt Book. But Jim, can you just tell us where will people be able to purchase this? So um, there is a website called Three Lions on a Shirt.co.uk where you can purchase the book direct from us. Um, we also have um, a manager's edition, which is a, a limited edition of the book um, that comes in like a really nice sort of red leather style box. 
um, with 250 copies signed by Gareth Southgate. So um, that should be still available on the website. And there's also a collector's edition in an, in another box, which comes with a really nice sort of art print of nine classic England shirts. Um, you can also buy it through the FA, um, through their website. Um, but yeah, three lines on a shirt.co.uk is, um, is where it's definitely available now. It's only just come back from the printer, so it'll take time to get through to, to all sort of outlets. Amazing. And very kindly as well, you have sent us a book, which we will be giving away in order to win that book. And like I say, it really is a must have. What we're going to ask you to do is to to follow our account, follow the at Freeline shirt book handle too, and give the tweet a retweet and share with your friends and you can have a chance to win this book too. So Jim, thank you so much. And let's hope that we can have a successful tournament and we might have you back on again with another version. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, come on England. Scott, you must have loved that. Yep, excellent. It's on the wish list. <laughs> do you have a favourite England shirt, though? Um, do you know what? Probably the one that I look back at and enjoy watching is, and it's no who's who do you think is going to be wearing it? It's no surprise. But first World Cup, you know, Beckham. I, I do quite like that France night eight away when he scored his first England goal. I, I think that that's kind of a good shirt. That's the one we'll buy you when England win the World Cup and you have to um, close the show. Tom, the book's amazing, isn't it? It's absolutely incredible. I'm sure you've all seen on the socials, we do have a giveaway for this book and it's absolutely massive for a start. You wouldn't want this dropping on you out of a window, but it's brilliant. It's it's just, it's so good. The, the pictures, the write-ups, they're amazing. So definitely worth picking up, even if you don't win the, the giveaway. Is that what you do when you finish your books, Tom? Hike them out the window. <laughs> we're, we're all winners now. We've heard that new catchphrase that everybody uses. You wouldn't want this dropped on you out of a window. Um, you could just donate them. <laughs> no, it is, it is absolutely class. Uh, Mike, do you have a favourite England shirt? I know you've got a few in your wardrobe. I've definitely got a favourite England home shirt, which is usually a bit of a surprise to everybody because the 2003-2005 is by far and away my favourite England home shirt ever. So that's obviously the reversible one. Um, as I've stated before, I don't like the reversible side and anybody that wears it, there's a special place in hell for those people. Um, but I would say my favourite England shirt ever is probably, is it the 90, I think it's 93 third shirt, the blue one with the, the three big lions on it. I think it's a, a an amazing shirt. I would have done anything to see that at a major tournament. That would have been incredible. Do you think, I mean... I've, Tom showed us the book when when we were recording, and it does look like a really it's a really well set up book. Do you think this is something that's going to come out more in the future? Because with with all the kit geeks out there and people wanting to know the history, it, it's actually really nice to have everything in one book like that, isn't it? So if you if you did want to flick through and and look through a, a, a national team or a club's history to have every shirt they've ever had located in a book, I think it's a I think it's a great idea. And if people go forward with it and do other teams, I think it will really take off. Yeah, there's tons out there, aren't there? Probably, but I think Simon, uh, one of the co-writers of this book, he's done one for Arsenal, one for Spurs, one for Wales. Um, I think one of the other contributors of his books and a few other shirt books. I know there's a Leeds one out there. There's an Ajax one out there. That's quite high profile. So, um, of course, um, we've had the Hearts, um, the co-writer of the Hearts book as well. 
um, on the podcast. So, yeah, massive market for it, obviously, isn't it? And um, more the merrier. Well, normally, they're coffee book size. This is um, as in coffee book table size, whereas this book is the size of a coffee table. It's a real compendium of all the English shirts. It's, it, like I said, it's amazing. And it's so good to see the actual real shirts photographed for this book as well. They're not, you know, like crappy drawings. They're proper photos of the proper shirts. So it's great stuff. Glad, I'm glad you realised your audience after starting the sentence with compendium and finish with crappy. So I'm glad you readjusted that. Well, speaking of history books and knowing fuck all, let's move on to this week's history. Kid history, kid history, we haven't made it up. Kid history, kid history, we read it on Wikipedia. Well, I thought seeing as the World Cup has started, it only makes sense that we go international for kit history. And I've gone with Brazil. So the Brazilian national team colours are probably the most famous colours in world football, but they haven't always worn the iconic kit that we know and love. Up until 1950, Brazil wore all white when as hosts of the World Cup, they lost what was effectively the final to Uruguay. After this loss, the country basically went into mourning and it was decided that all white wasn't patriotic enough and a change was needed. So... A newspaper called Correa de Manio uh, actually held a competition to design a new kit, with the only stipulation being that the kit had to incorporate all four colours of the Brazilian flag. The winning design was drawn by a 19-year-old named Aldea Garcia Schley, and the now iconic colours were worn for the first time in 1954 in a match against Peru. So, So kit competitions are not a new thing, people. How about that? I think I've heard that story before, actually. I think that one might be true. Um, I think you find they're all absolutely 100% fact, and you can't argue with that because um, I got it off internet. <laughs> Just so you know, the blue away kit that Brazil wear, the reason they have that is because they switched to yellow as well. So basically, they played Brazil, uh, sorry, Brazil played Sweden in the 1958 final. Uh, when they got to the final, obviously, both teams wore yellow, so they actually drew, lot, drew lots to see who would wear their yellow kit. Sweden won, so Brazil needed to find another kit. The only thing they could find was a was a set of blue shirts. So they got the blue shirts, they stitched their badge on, they wore it for the final. They won that final 5-2, and it was seen as good luck, so they permanently made blue the away colour. So you got double kit history this week. And I can actually follow Mike up on that, and he is correct, because does anybody remember... The FIFA centenary year, I believe it was 2004, wasn't it France against Brazil? Then remember Nike released those limited edition shirts and Brazil wore... Oh, I remember now, yeah. Yeah, so that was the first time they'd worn white since the change. And then the second time that they wore white was um, recently, and there's actually a photo on my Twitter because it's one of my favourite Brazil shirts, was the 2019 away. Remember they brought back the white with the blue collar and won the Copa America which is also a really nice shirt. But yeah, the third and final piece of information, if anybody can come up with a good idea why they keep doing this, but they keep releasing black shirts. So in 2017, they had a third shirt that was black and they had um, another, I've got the other two, I've got the, the 2014 third was like an off green. And if you remember, that was the one I shared that they released but never wore, but they wore in a training session 
before the World Cup, and it had the the skateboard shorts, and they also released their that the blackout shirt, which was twenty thirteen, I think. But according to the new rules, Brazil can't wear in as in their own federation rules, is they can't wear anything apart from blue, white, or yellow. <laughs> so they keep releasing these shirts, but the federation will never <laughs> let them wear them in a competitive game. So I don't know so why they keep... Who's releasing them? Did the Federation not release the shirts? Well, but it's well, it's Nike, and it's always a third shirt because they're not... They, Brazil very rarely actually have third shirts because they're they're always either obviously yellow and then blue or now recently they've had the one white shirt. But yeah, they, they've had three black shirts released as third shirts because they're not... <laughs> the Federation don't let them wear them in competitive games. So, I mean, they're beautiful shirts, but they never see the park. They're obviously just fan shirts, aren't they? It's the same as a manto de masse. They're never meant to be yeah. worn, just, yeah. And yeah. this don't has two of the three, so I can't even comment. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have any of them in my collection, Scott. But there we go. That is an expanded kit history for you and very topical for the World Cup. Are we going to stick with the World Cup topic for, um, for the rest of kit history during this period, Mike? I'm going to try. I, I, yeah, I've definitely got a couple of other international ones. Um, some of them are sketchy to say the least. So we'll see. Those are the best. Those are the best. I'm quite looking forward to this though, because there has to be no countries that don't know where the color of their shirts came from, given that most of them are based on their flags. So I don't know what stories you're going to come up with, because that's usually where we go, isn't it? Yeah, I, I I do prefer the ones that that are not based on their flag. So maybe I'll have a little look and see what I can find. Like England, for example, obviously wear white and blue. We don't wear red and white. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll have a little look at England and see why we wear that. And yeah, that's what I really want. It's more talk about England. That's, I, I, it's just for you, Scott. To be honest, will we stop talking about them when they go out? Or... Nope. Nope. <laughs> we'll just talk about how we got there. And Scotland didn't. Yeah, true. Well, maybe I'll join in the week we talk about them going out though. <laughs> well it could be this week so we've got another week of fantastic football for us all to sit back and enjoy some amazing kits are going to be on show we'll be sharing plenty of those on our twitter feed and we'll be chatting about some of those next week i'm sure in the meantime thank you ever so much as usual for listening really do appreciate all the feedback and all the interaction we get please do leave us a review if it's a good one if it's a bad one just go straight into scott's dms scott can't be tempted you're not out yet. Exactly. It's not over. They think it's all over. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs>